0: Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. Mike Tom is away today. Dr. Hormoz Shariat was born in Iran to a Muslim family but had the ability to come to the U.S. after the Islamic Revolution in 1979. He became a Christian while getting his Ph.D. in computer science at USC in 1980. And today, he now leads Iran Alive Ministries, which reaches six million households in Iran with a message of the saving power of Jesus. We'll hear more about his story today on Connections. Today's guest is Dr. Hormuz Shariat. He's the president and founder of Iran Alive Ministries. You have quite the interesting story. You were born in Iran to a Muslim family, and you eventually made your way to the U.S. where your life was transformed. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, uh, I was pretty much devout Muslim when I was young, but uh, when I got to my teenage years, I said, repeating these prayers doesn't add anything to my life, so let me focus on my studies and science. My, my dream was come to the United States, get a PhD degree, and be... A research scientist so i worked towards that during that time there was revolution in Iran and I was a student then and I participated in uh, my part and my partner on that I was on the streets of Tehran 79 as a young student and uh, shouting um, unfortunately death to America but uh, of course since then I've changed my mind and I, I think God bless America today so I came to U.S. for graduate studies for, to get a Ph.D., and that's when the revolution happened. And I said, maybe I have ignored Islam. Maybe I should go back and devote myself to serving it. It has uh, defeated superpower USA and kicked out Shah, so maybe it is true. Uh, but I wanted to commit to something that I am confident and I know. So I said, I'm going to get a. Quran, I read it read it and uh, studied one more time to make sure I'm making the right decision. So I read the Quran, It uh, finished it, it didn't really change my life or add anything significant to my life. So out of my intellectual pride, I said, I'm going to read the Bible too, so I can tell people I've read that Bible. Uh, I got a Bible and uh, studied Genesis and then uh, Matthew and in there, in Matthew, I encountered Jesus, you know, I, I couldn't uh, believe the Jesus the Bible presents because it's, it's so different than the Jesus that Islam presents as a prophet. So I struggled with this Jesus for a few months until I heard this very simple message of the gospel and, and that the child even can understand. That's when I believed and my life was transformed. My marriage was saved. And that's when I said, this, Little, this simple message is powerful. It has changed my life. It has saved my marriage. It can change families. It can change nations. And, I'm, and I will be very selfish if I keep it to myself. So that's when I started evangelizing and sharing the gospel with others. Let's short your view.
0: Uh, what really fueled your passion uh, to reach Muslims specifically? Well, the, well, number one was the power
1: of the gospel. Change lives, and I saw that where Iran is going, even in the early years, I realized that Islam is not the way, and Iran is going to be in bondage to Islam. So one was the power of the gospel that I saw in my life, and as I shared with others, I saw the power to transform in other people's lives. Number two is when my younger brother was arrested uh, and on uh, un- minor political charges uh, in Iran, and then uh, he was 16 when he was arrested they kept him for two years and then they executed him one day. and they when my mom went to get the body they had to they charged my my mom for the bullets and every expense for killing her son and that's when i went through some kind of i was a new believer then i went through some kind of uh, just uh, struggling with god what is this injustice in this world and i want to do something about it i I said, God, you know, I, I want to get revenge. And I realized the Bible says, God says, A revenge is mine. I said, God, what can I do? I, I hate him. Then I realized I cannot hate. He says, hate, even love your enemies. So I said, well, what else can I do? I, I'm angry. Then I realized, Bible says, you're not supposed to be angry. You kill people in your heart if you're angry. So I was struggling. God, what is what is what a Christian need to do in this injustice? Can I at least cuss so I can feel better? And <laughs> even then, I realized no, you cannot with your mouth to worship. And then uh, you know, cuss. So uh, during those three days, just morning. I felt I God telling me the best way uh, uh, the best way to take revenge from the enemy, which is one enemy is the Satan, and the, those who killed my brother were all victims of a religion enslaved <coughs> to Islam. So I realized the best way, and I felt God telling me, is to evangelize, share the gospel with love to Muslims. And that, that's where I felt called, I, I'm going to share this message to Muslims the rest of my life. And I prayed, God, can I, would you use me to share this message to one million people in my life? And by his grace, it has surpassed that number.
0: Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Well, um, I started sharing the gospel um, with people, with Iranian Muslims mainly. And uh, in the 80s, I saw very few fruit. But when I graduated, I got a Ph.D. from the University of Southern California in artificial intelligence. And I'm still um, witnessing and evangelizing. I went to Northern California, Silicon Valley to for for research and there I started sharing the gospel and I saw so much result. <clears throat> I saw many yeah you know, Iranian come to Christ, hundreds came to Christ in Silicon Valley San Jose. And that's when I planted the church and at one point God kind of called me different direction to focus on transforming Iran into a Christian nation. Uh, so um, I planned churches in Northern California, several, one of them. And right after September 11th, I said, oh, we've got to go. We've we, we got to move. So uh, we bought one hour of airtime from a secular channel from in, in Los Angeles that broadcasting to Iran through satellite. So 2001, end of 2001, we went on satellite television. And you know what? The day number one, we saw hundreds of phone calls coming in most of them positive, most of them Muslims who wanted to know about Christ. So we saw hundreds, and over the years, thousands and thousands of Muslims who have called and prayed to receive Christ. And one-hour week gradually turned into a 24-7 satellite broadcast, which we have right now. We broadcast 24-7 the gospel and teachings to the Middle East region. That's our footprint in this. The signal comes from the sky, so the government cannot stop it. So we go over the heads of the mullahs into people's homes and share the gospel. Not many people know, Colleen, not many people know Iran has the fastest growing evangelical population in the world. It's not me saying, and independent research shows that, and not many people know Islam is experiencing its greatest defeat in its history in Iran today. Millions of Iranian Muslims have already rejected Islam, very open to the message of the gospel. Iran is being transformed by the power of the gospel today.
0: How how are you able to broadcast in Iran, uh, seeing as though a lot of people are persecuted for their faith out there?
1: And that's right. Um, well, the, we use media, we use internet, which is very much controlled, but... We use satellite television. We have a studio in Dallas, and we connect it with the intranet to a satellite. So the signal goes to a satellite up in the sky, and the signal comes into the country. People with a dish, a small, cheap dish, can receive our signal for free, and the government cannot stop it. So... About persecution, yes, there is persecution in Iran, but the good thing about satellite television, people can go to their homes, lock the door, turn on television, and watch it, and the government cannot find out, they cannot stop it, and even if they, raid, right, they cannot say, what did you watch last night, you know, so with uh, satellite television, we are taking the word of God, the gospel to 100 people of Iran, they're very, very open to the message of the gospel. You know what? Something has happened the last year. I talked to Muslims in Iran. These are Muslims. And when I talk, uh, the topic is Islam. Many or most of these Muslims talk so negatively about Islam. They criticize the government, they criticize uh, the Quran, and even the Prophet Muhammad very negative towards Islam. And the same people, I'm talking about Muslims. I bring up the subject of Christianity, and most of them are very positive. They talk about Christ as a a healer, his love, his forgiveness. So this is a supernatural openness of the, uh, the spirit, the heart in Iran. For the, for the gospel.
0: Iran Alive Ministries says that they are seeing the Islamic nation of Iran turning away from Islam and embracing Christianity. Is this difficult, seeing as though they were named the ninth most dangerous place to be a Christian?
1: Well, you have to divide, you separate, you know, people from the government. When you look at the government, they're Islamic, even the name, and um, they are against United States. They want to wipe Israel off the map. They want to develop nuclear bomb but when you look at the people the masses are not with the government they are not supporting the government they're against the government actually there is a movement in Iran the younger people who are saying this they're saying if you want to have a future for our country we need to get rid of islam the militants against islam so one thing you have to separate what the government says and doesn't and which is mostly in the news and public and what the, where, where the direction the people are going, which is away from from Islam. Um, one, one another shocking thing Colin, is that most people don't do not know Iranians love Americans. I can boldly say there is no country in the world that loves Americans more than Iranians do. I mean the Iranian population, not the government that says that's America. Just a few weeks ago, you could see that uh, they had put their Flags of United States and Israel on sidewalks, so people had to walk over it. And here is the collapse. You can see it. They walk around it. They say we will not disrespect. We love. We love United States. And for Israel, many Iranians are saying, "Why should we?" Hey, then, just tell me, tell us again. You know, because you tell us, because there's such a uh, gap. There is a disconnect between the government and the people of Iran that when the government says death to America, people say, oh, they must be good people. And when they say death to Israel, the people question why. What have they done to us? You have ruined our lives, not them. That's the the way it is in Iran right now.
0: Were you shocked by the response that you got from the community? Um, Well,
1: yes and no. Yes, not to this extent and to this this fast, but uh, number one, Jeremiah forty nine thirty eight. People say, do you expect this? Of course we do, because we believe the Bible. Jeremiah 49, verse 38, God promises. He says, I will set my throne in Elam. Elam is a land completely inside Iran today. He says, I will set my throne. What does that mean? It doesn't mean just believers, just the number of uh, Muslims who come to Christ, even though that includes that. It doesn't just mean a number of churches, which includes that, but Iran will be a country where Jesus is known, worshipped, and obeyed in every segment of the society. That's when he can say, I will say, I have set my throne there. So number one is the promise. If you believe the promise of God, we should, and we are moving in that direction really fast. Iran is moving very fast towards the direction of becoming, the first Islamic nation that falls to Christianity. Mark my words. Actually, mark Bible words.
0: <laughs> What's been the most amazing or the biggest wow moment for you over the past three decades in watching this transformation and, and helping in this transformation?
1: The, w- the work of God of using the suffering, the oppression of Islam and Islamic government. And the wow moment is how God has lifted the dark spirit of Islam over Iran. The Iranian Muslims are waking up to ask questions. Those who work among Muslims know Muslims are not allowed to question. They're not allowed to think critically and objectively about Islam. That spirit of deception, that dark spirit of oppression, is has lifted up over Iran, Iranians. So, the, the greatest thing that the Iranians are thinking, Iranian Muslims, are comparing, they're questioning government, Islam, Quran, and Muhammad. I think that's the greatest spiritual breakthrough over the last few years.
0: You tell us that there's a few different types of Muslims. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, there are different kinds of Muslims. Those who are so devout that uh, they cannot even logically think. So. Uh, for the most part, I don't go the logic way with Muslims because they are not allowed to think. You get nowhere discussing and logically discussing the truth of the Bible and Quran. And uh, so, don't go that route. I go the route of uh, heart than, rather than mind. Even though sometimes you know I answer questions shortly, but that's not the way I, I do. Just talk about the love, joy, the peace that's the uh, we all need, and how we can receive that. So there are Muslims who are devout. There are Muslims who are already, like Iranian Muslims, who have already rejected Islam. They're very eager to hear what Christianity is. Uh, I would, uh, I would find out, uh, find out, find that out where they are and what I need to do. Now, another thing I do is to love. Love is powerful. There is no love in Islam, so loving a Muslim genuinely opens a lot of doors when they see that you are not just there to witness to them, but you genuinely value them and respect them, and you see them from God's eyes as a treasure. Uh, another thing I do is to make sure we talk about special things. Unlike Americans, uh, Muslims are very open to talk about, about spiritual things, even when they don't know you or you don't know them, it's normal. Uh, uh, but one thing, another thing I do is to ask questions like, "What is Islam?" and "What is your favorite verse in Quran?" That gives me a position, a right to share my faith and my favorite verse, and that has also an impact. So these are the things you, you can start. Uh, sharing your faith with
0: with a Muslim. Uh, Obviously, you're making everyone aware of the changes that are going on in Iran with um, a lot of Muslims changing and wanting to become uh, Christians. Um, But not a lot of people are aware of this. How do we make more people know about this and and hear about this?
1: Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Most people don't know, so we, we need to first share what God is doing. This is the work of God. This is history in the making. So it's my job and your job to let people know what God what God is doing. Not many people have any solution for Islam, you know Islam in the Middle East, especially nobody knows what to do. Some people say just kill him, but very few people know God has a solution. If you ask God, what are you going to do about the Middle East and Muslims in the Middle East, I don't think God is going to say, "Oh well, I don't know." i know what to do he knows what he's doing and he is doing it he's opening hearts and he's opening nations so we need to tell people what god is doing and number two let's join together and work where god is working god is bringing Ivan to christianity to his faith to the faith in christ and but he he wants us to be involved you know uh, he And he's the one who saves, but we are the ones who share the gospel. So I'm calling the church, would you join me to bring the gospel to Iran? And it is a very possible dream that Iran will be a Christian nation in this generation. Eventually, we know it's going to happen. And may I ask our brothers and sisters, there are two to three million believers in Iran who are persecuted, who are prisoners in their homes with no church, no teachers, no pastors, would you join me through satellite television, get into their homes, and encourage them and teach them the Bible? Did you know the number one request I get from believers in Iran, these are underground church believers, the number one request is this, please teach us Bible systematically. So I cannot do it alone. There is a great field before us, and I'm calling the church in the West. Let's work together to transform that nation.
0: For people who want to learn more about yourself or about Iran Alive Ministries, how do they go about doing that? The
1: easiest way to connect and to know more about us is to text. You know, text a word to a number. Everybody is texting So the number, instead of putting this person's phone number, just put this number, 74784, the number 74784, like the airplane 747 and then the number 84. The word you're going to text is the word IRAN, I-R-A-N, I-R-A-N. When you do that, I'll send you a set of links, links to powerful testimonies that you can watch and show your small groups they have links to our website, and you can go there from there according to your interest. So just text the word Iran to the number seven four seven eight four.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Hermos. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation, you can always do that by visiting your radio station's website. We'll talk to you again on Connections.